If you want to build more sustainable eating habits, Noom Weight can help. Our program uses psychology to help you better understand your relationship with food and empower you with the practical knowledge and skills you need to build long-lasting habits and behaviors. And with Noom, there aren't any good or bad foods. Instead, we'll provide you with the wisdom and expert guidance you need to make informed choices that fit your lifestyle and health goals. Start your trial at Noom.com balance. That's N-O-O-M dot balance. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and I'm excited that you've tuned in as we have an excellent show in store for you. The first couple of waves of free agency has come and gone, and it's time to start to reflect on the 2020 free agency class to date. Here with me is my co-host, Nicholas Moriano, which, by the way, Nick, I need to know, did you get that new toilet yet? Uh, Unfortunately, no. All bidets are on back order. My parents ordered one, and... We are still waiting. Home Depot has not gotten back to us either. So there's no foreseeable in the foreseeable future. We don't know if we'll ever get that bidet. Well, I'm hoping that you'll get it any bidet now. Is that too bad to even oh start the show with? I think we need to just get off. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, redo, rescratch. But if you're watching here, you're probably noticing we have an extra face with us. And we couldn't be more than excited to have on Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic, and I think someone wants to say hi. Uh, uh, hi, Kevin. I'm your biggest fan. I had to do it. Uh, I don't usually pull out the soundboard, but for occasions like this, Kevin, I just had to. How have you been? Uh, we haven't seen you since Indianapolis, but we're very glad to have you on. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, it's, it's a, as you know, it's a weird time where we're not busy because we're all locked down, but we are super busy because the NFL just keeps on rolling. I was about to ask, how are you holding up during shelter in place? I'm balancing working from home as well as being a teacher to a first grader. So it's been an interesting couple of weeks here for me. How about you? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I fortunately don't have the, uh, uh, I don't have to balance anything like that. Um, so props to you and all the parents out there that do have to have that going on at the, at the same time. Um, no, it, it's been it's been really it's been oddly um, normal, uh, which I almost feel guilty about. Um, so just fewer trips to the gym, as in zero trips to the gym, and uh, a lot of walking, lots of uh, lots of long walks. So uh, I understand that one completely. I've been cooped up in the office and at the desk so much. Like yesterday, we had a nice day, so it was nice to get out off of the desk, take a walk, enjoy the outdoors, which, you know, I'm not taking for granted right now. You never know. They may say you can't even go outside anymore. Hopefully we never get to that point. But I know, Nick, uh, I'm sure Kevin's ready to rock and roll. I need to know, are you ready to get this show started? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Let's start with the class of 2013, and that's going to be the big three uh, acquisitions that the Bears brought in. And I want to begin, you have to start this show with Nick Foles. And I believe that we're all on the same page as to why the Bears made the move to acquire Foles. You have leadership. 
He has experience with the system as well as members of this Bears staff. So, Kevin, for you, I'm curious, do you believe that this offseason there will be a true competition between Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles? I believe that's the plan, and it should be the plan, but you have more hands-on experience with this roster and this coaching staff. Do you believe this is going to be the plan for them this offseason to have a true competition? I think so. Even if they don't um, proclaim that, uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if, Whenever we get to talk to Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, um, the, it could be the company line is, hey, we've told you Mitch is our quarterback. He is still our quarterback. Uh, right now, Nick is our number two, and we go from there. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that is the route that they take from a um, just just kind of getting the PR in check um, and getting the messaging out. Um, I'm not sure if they'd be excited about saying, hey, open competition from the get-go. Um, but I think we all know well enough to know that you don't, spend a fourth round pick and then all the guaranteed money that's going Nick Foles' way to bring someone in who you know is just going to be a backup for the entire year unless your starter gets hurt. I mean, Nick Foles is here for a reason, which is if Mitch Trubisky is not who, you know, the Bears have hoped he one day would be, they go on to Foles. Do you believe that the, you know the guys in this roster a little bit, do you believe that they would embrace a competition at the quarterback position? You know, it's a good question. I, I think they would. I think so many of these guys are very... Uh... Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Robotics the wrong word, but uh, they're just laser-focused on winning, which sounds cliche, but that, I mean, look, there, there are a lot of guys on the team who really respect Mitch, who like him as a friend, as a quarterback, as a leader, um, and... Uh, will support him no matter what. But I think those guys also understand. They know the roster. They know the the window to making the playoffs. Um, and they're kind of kind of they're, they're going to just say like whoever gives us the best chance to win. Um, and and I know I am spewing the cliche that they're going to say, but I do believe a lot of those guys they are just um, channeled that way. That's just the way that they think. Um, and and I think that they, if if they knew that Nick Foles being the starting quarterback is gives them all the best chance to be successful, I think they'd be on board with it no problem. Yeah, Kevin, with with the whole quarterback situation here, I know in your mailbag you said that you believe Foles has a slight edge at this competition. I agree with that. But some fans are completely against the idea of the Bears drafting a quarterback, especially since it's a win-now season. How does a rookie quarterback kind of help that situation? But going with your gut, do you think the Bears draft a QB? Not like a sixth or seventh-round guy that most likely won't be anything, but a guy maybe in the second round or third round if they trade back do you just believe that the Bears could potentially draft a QB? Yeah, Nick, it's a great question because, you know, the, they need to take these swings at quarterback. So normally I would say, yeah, why not use the 43rd overall pick on a Jalen Hurts or Jake Fromm or, um, you know, if, if for some reason Jordan Love drops out of the first, something like that. But I don't know if the general manager has that kind of leeway to use a for the Bears, a premium pick, a top 50 pick on a, somebody who is most likely not going to help you in 2020. 
um, th- that's going to be kind of the challenge facing Ryan Pace. Now, he might believe that he's got the job security, um, that he can go ahead and make that kind of move because he knows it makes the quarterback room better. It gives them more options for the future. Um, and again, it's all about taking these swings. We've seen them do it at tight end before. We saw them do it at kicker to a much different extent last year. So there have been different times. Uh, go back to 2018, right, when wide receiver was the clear-cut need. They sign Al Robinson. They sign Taylor Gabriel. They draft Anthony Miller. Very aggressive moves at a position that needed help. So, you know, all things equal, I could see that being a similar strategy. You, you traded for Nick Foles. You're going to use an early pick on a quarterback. But this is so much about this is winning now. And I wonder if that might prevent Ryan Pace from doing that. And I'll say this too. I am a believer and I've tweeted this a zillion times. I've written a zillion times. I think teams should draft quarterbacks every year, you know, sixth, seventh round. It doesn't matter. And the bears haven't. And it's really bottom my mind. They haven't used the sixth or seventh round pick. Just, you know, just take a flyer on somebody. You never know. Um, so if they don't use one in the, with, with one of their second round picks, uh, I, I would absolutely support them doing so at any point in the draft. Just You just want to have that option because if that guy turns into – Tom Brady is a ridiculous example, but you guys know what I'm going to get at here. If you guys turns into a starter, that's the dream. If that guy turns into a really competent backup, look what the Panthers did with Kyle Allen this week. They flipped Kyle Allen for a fifth-round pick. So, you know, I just think the team should put themselves in that position with more quarterbacks. So I, I think the Bears should, but I don't know if they're going to be able to have the guts to do it as early as round two. Just to follow up on that, Kevin, let's say the Bears do end up drafting with one of those two second round picks, a guy like Jake Fromm, who I really like. And there's been rumors, Bears fans will, you know, Bears fans will talk about anything on Twitter, but there's been this talk about possibly trading Mitch Trubisky. Has that one ever crossed your mind, or is that even a scenario? If the Bears did bring in someone that they liked in the second round, could Mitch be a trade option at that point? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you can't really rule anything out. Um, if if the co- you know, it's you know, we we had this whole discussion at the top, right? About it's still a competition. Mitch is going to get the first shot, and then Foles might just eventually take over, or maybe Mitch takes off. Who knows? it's possible that sitting inside house hall is a head coach that has told his general manager, I am done with Trubisky. Nick Foles is my guy. If you want to go trade him, go for it and try to get something for him. Otherwise he's going to be my backup. I'm not reporting that at all. I'm just saying that 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 just is in this world of unknown that we're in right now. So that's why I would never rule anything like that out. Um, Of course, the problem the bears would face is what are you going to get? Right. What 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 can you get for for someone like Trubisky at this point in his career? Now, I, I think there's a lot of teams that would love to get a top pick on his on the last year of his rookie contract with the physical talent um, and all the intangibles that he brings. Um, but we've seen the last week, right? We've seen Cam nobody traded for Cam Newton. You know, no one's trading for Andy Dalton. Um, so we we've seen these things go around. So um, that's my long answer to your question of, yeah, you, you can never rule anything out in these situations. Um, and Hey, if they draft a quarterback and come August, they know Nick Foles is the guy and a team has an injury at quarterback somewhere, you know? So again, you just have to kind of keep all, I, I always say, you just gotta, you always gotta keep all these doors open because Ryan Pace has surprised us before. And I've just kind of learned that you just, you just gotta be kind of ready for anything. 
Absolutely. I want to switch over to the defense. Chicago wasted no time in inking edge Robert Quinn. I know my answer, but Kevin, I want to ask you, is it safe to say that the Bears upgraded here with Robert Quinn replacing Leonard Floyd? And on top of that, what type of immediate impact do you kind of envision Quinn having on this defense? Yeah, it's so funny because when we were talking about potential edge rushers, we never considered Robert Quinn. At least I never considered mm-hmm. Robert Quinn. And we were talking about one-year contract guys, like a Marcus Golden, a Jabal Sheard, um, a Vic Beasley. Uh, that was to- totally threw me off, very surprising. Um, but, again, I, like, I, I always appreciate aggressiveness. Um, you know, sometimes you can look back and that aggressiveness didn't work out, but you know, I, I still like that. In, in, in a straight binary to answer the original part of the question, yes, that is a huge upgrade of pass rush. That is somebody that will get after the quarterback more efficiently than Leonard Floyd did. Um, they're only two years apart in age, so it's not like you know everyone's worried about Quinn being up there in age. Well, Leonard Floyd was an old draft pick. He was 24 mm-hmm. when the Bears drafted him. Um, now, you obviously lose Leonard Floyd's abilities and coverage, but you can find guys that can do that. And, and this just might be a defense that's going to say, hey, we don't care about that because Robert Quinn and Cleo Mack and Akeem Hicks are going to get to the quarterback. So we're going to give that up. Um, so that might be fine. Um, so I, I think if you just want to look at it, is, is this guy better than that guy? Then that's a great move. you got someone like Robert Quinn who is better than Leonard Floyd and what you need out of that position. You want to get into the nuts and bolts of the contract? You know, I always, I'm always a believer in that's a problem for future Ryan Pace. You know, <laughs> I understand the strategy of roster building and – these contracts and when you bring in guys later in their careers and kicking the can down the road with the higher cap charges in later years, I get all that. But I'm also like, you know what, if you want to make your team better for next year, you do it and you worry about it down the line. How many restructured contracts have we already seen this team do? You know, they can, they'll figure it out. I always like to say, there's always money in the banana stand. We learned that in the rest of development. They can, these teams can find a way to make it work. I think you referenced the Simpsons with the future self. I think Homer does that and the rest of development within three sentences. So we may have just became best friends, Kevin. <laughs> just just want to throw that out there. But speaking of best friends, do you believe that Robert Quinn will become Khalil Mack's best friend this season? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think you could see that, you know, um, just to have somebody who teams are going to have to worry about, you know, more than they worried about Leonard Floyd is going to be crucial for them. And for Mac, and I think, look, guys, we we all watched every game last year. We know Khalil Mack did not make the impact that we kind of, everybody kind of expected, and you know what we saw in the first few games of the season. So, and, and, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, "Hey, Khalil Mack needs to play better." The guy is a monster. We all know what he can do. I don't know if he was limited by anything. Clearly, the Akeem Hicks injury was a problem. Teams double and triple teaming him all the time was a problem. Um, but yeah, I mean, you would like to think that that is going to be a significantly better uh, edge rush next season with those two. Now, flipping back to offense, we're just kind of going back and forth here. Perhaps the biggest head scratcher is tight end Jimmy Graham. Uh, I want to know, why do you believe that the Bears made a move so swiftly and decisively on Graham? There were other similar and perhaps even more talented tight end options that ended up being more budget friendly around the league. So really... Uh, too long didn't read here. Why do you believe the Bears were so quick to bring in Graham? And more importantly for us, what's his value? Oh, well, okay. You guys want the glass half full way to look at this? Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, all right. So this is the way I like, I'll, I'll spin it, okay? He, he might be better than every tight end they have on the roster. 
I know it's a low bar, but he might be sure. better than all those guys. If, especially Trey Byrne, you, you can't really rely on his health. Um, and I know this can be insensitive to fans that care a lot about this stuff, but not your money, right? <laughs> you know, like, like I, you know, I, look, I know it's a, it's a callous thing to say sometimes, but you know, I, I, I could, I, I just think that sometimes we can get caught up in that stuff, and it's just, you know, the Bears saw this guy Ryan Pace. We obviously know the connection there, and this is not to say that. You know, you would hope he doesn't expect 2012 Jimmy Graham, 2013 Jimmy Graham to walk through that door. Um, but there clearly is a, is a knowledge of the person that Jimmy Graham is and what he could bring to the offense. So that's the glass half full. But the other side of it is, I'll be honest with you guys, when I saw that come across Twitter, my I just said, I was like, what? Really? Why? Those are my three words. I, just, I didn't get it. I just I didn't understand I knew you you had to bring somebody in there, but why? And I wasn't even necessarily staying on the table for Eric Ebron either. I said they should have traded for Hayden Hurst. That was kind of one of the possible moves I liked. Um, you know, get bringing. Uh, there were a lot of options. This one was a head scratcher, and um, you know, and then it, going back again, if I'm going to look at it from the other side, the money thing is well, like why are you dedicating that much of your cap to somebody like that? You can get out of it in a year. Um, but how, how can you, you know, legitimize paying Trey Byrne and Jimmy Graham that much money this year? I just don't see how, I don't know how that's going to work. Um, but again, like they need a tight end and that's the one that Ryan Pace is most comfortable with. And I'll say this about the guy, he's old for NFL terms. He hasn't missed a game in a long time. Right. So, and, and we, and we've seen tight ends go to green Bay and not put up the numbers we all think. You know, Jermichael Finley had that one or two years where you kind of thought, okay, anybody's going to come in here and just be a monster. Um, so, you know, while when I first look at him, like how did a guy play with Aaron Rodgers for 32 games and only catch five touchdowns? But he's not the first tight end to go to Lambeau and, and not put up great numbers. Um, so that's my long-winded, rambling, uh, total both sides in <laughs> the Jimmy Graham side. You mentioned a good point there, Kevin, with uh, Green Bay and tight ends not really producing there. To be completely honest, I'm not sold on the move, and I don't think really a lot of fans are. But how does this – you mentioned uh, Trey Burden. How does this actually impact him? I thought, you know, going into the season with the money that he's being given this season, then you also bring Jimmy Graham to the equation. Could Trey Burden not be on this roster come week one just because of that situation, the money that's being put into that position right now? Yeah, it's certainly possible. Um, you know, they're going to have to, the health is a big thing here because, you know, how do they kind of navigate those waters? They're not going to know what they're going to get in him. And then this is where this, what we're going through right now as a, as a world comes into play because we don't know when they can even get Trey Burton in the building and get him on the field. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think if, you know, if he's not, if he's healthy but not looking like the guy they want him to be, it's possible they they have so many tight ends right now. They got ten tight ends. So you know the the trade the thing about Trey Burton though is, you know, look, he's obviously not a one thousand yard receiver, um, but he's a very savvy route runner. He understands the offense. He's got a lot of respect in that building for what he can do when he is healthy. It just keeps coming back to that for me. And and if he can't prove that he's going to be healthy and consistently healthy, um, which is wild because you know the guy. 
comes in, it's like the first major injury he's ever had. And it happened at just the worst possible time for the team, for his career potentially. I guess I mean, he got his money, so I guess that worked out. Um, but, yeah, I think that they are treating tight end like we're going to leave every stone unturned and we're going to figure out the best three or four guys that are going to be part of our rotation. Now, I yeah, saw it'll here be interesting the... how they – go ahead. Oh, Will. you're okay, Nick. Go ahead. Three miles. Uh, it'll be feed. interesting again. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting how they uh, handle that situation. But before we move on, I just wanted to, again, tell our fans that who maybe are not subscribed to Athletic, I don't know how you can't be, um, to do so right now. I mean, at this time, the NFL really is the only thing that's going on. And there's so much content being produced from Kevin, Adam Johns, Dan Pompey, guys like that. And actually, um, I reached out to the Seattle Seahawks athletic writer, Jay Frentress, just to get a little bit of uh, an idea of who uh, Jermaine Fetty was, gave me a great rundown on him. So you can subscribe to Athletic. Uh, we have it here at chicagoaudible.com slash athletic. You can read everything that Kevin Fishbane writes and all the great beat writers that the Bears have. Now, speaking of an Adam Johns, I thought that name sounded familiar. I saw him here in the comments on Periscope, and he had a question for us, and it's actually for Kevin. He wants to know what it's like to work with, and I quote, that wonderful colleague of his. Yeah, uh, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, to work with Dan Pompey is just you're in <laughs> awe every day of when you, you know, he's a Hall of Fame writer, and and you know, I learn something new from him every day. So thanks for that question, Adam. And uh, yeah, it's been it's really been a pleasure. You know, you, I grew up reading Dan Pompey, and now I get to work alongside him. That is fantastic, Adam. I hope that answered your question. And here on the show, Kevin, it's time to kind of take a look at some of the smaller deals, which include three former first-round picks. Bears don't have any this year, but they found a way to three bring in three former first-rounders. And the first one I have on my list is Artie Burns. He was 2016's 25th overall pick, and he's on a one-year kind of prove-it deal and. In Burns, the Bears are bringing in a quarterback. He has 32 career starts. His better play came early on in his career, but Burns has struggled over the past two seasons. So when I look at Burns, I can't help but shake the thought that this in many ways feels a lot like Kyle Fuller, who burst onto the scene as a rookie, ended up kind of having a downturn. He even missed a year, and you can really say that Burns missed a year last year in Pittsburgh as his playing time took a severe dip. But I want to know, Kevin, are you... Do you believe that the Bears are hoping that Burns can have a Kyle Fuller-like resurrection, or are they just throwing more money at the position? They already brought in a Trey Roberson from the CFL, so ideally one of the two of these guys stick. Yeah, you know, Artie Burns is interesting because, I mean, it's been a theme of this offseason. We've seen that that Ryan Pace is bringing in former first-round picks, guys that just haven't panned out for whatever reason. And Artie Burns showed so much promise early on in Pittsburgh and talking to our Steelers writer, Mark Caboli, he said, you know, confidence obviously became an issue as, as mistakes started to pile up. And he just was never able to regain his form on the field. And, and a clear example of someone that just needed a change of scenery. And the Bears are offering that to him. So, you know, it, it is possibly comes in here, fresh slate, doesn't deal with Steelers fans anymore. I think the same could be said for Jermaine Effetti because we, you know, if anybody's involved mm-hmm. in Seahawks Twitter, you know how Seahawks Twitter can be um, with, with someone like that. So you take chances on these guys, and you hope if, you know they come to your team. Maybe they're able to, you know, something clicks. You figure something out. So yeah, that is, cause it is a one-year prove-it deal. We haven't seen. I haven't seen the numbers yet, so I can't imagine it's, it's a whole lot of money. Um, you, you give that. You know, look, Prince of Mukamara was a one-year prove-it deal, and that worked out right. great. You got it for a couple more years after that. Um, but you know, Artie Burns, Trey Roberson, Kevin Tolliver. If, if those are the three right now, 
Um, I, I think, you know, it's not an exciting competition because you have a lot of unknowns with those three guys. But I think considering the position they're going to play and the upside of any of those three guys ends up being a really good player, you're in great shape as a team to, to have that. So, you know, I, I find that right now when we're hiding out to Bourbon A, you know, obviously quarterback's going to take precedence, soaring through his tight ends. But that outside corner spot um, is going to be really interesting. And I, I'm kind of excited to see if Artie Burns, he's got size and speed. So, you know, can he put it all together and do what Chuck Pagano is asking him to do? Yeah, what I really like about this competition, it's not, like you said, it's not super exciting, but everyone is kind of on a different path. You have someone coming over from the CFL who worked his way up. You have Tolliver, who is an undrafted guy who earned a backup bid and he was able to prove himself in some spot situations. And now you have Burns, who had all that potential, has all the raw talent, but ended up not putting it all together in Pittsburgh. So it's real interesting to see the different paths that all three guys have kind of taken to get to this one point. That's what I'm excited for. But Nick, I believe you have a question for Kevin here. I actually just wanted to provide my input on this this situation right now at the cornerback position. You saw last year what a guy like Buster Screen did with a change of scenery. His big issue coming in, penalties. I think he had one all season and it was the double penalty versus Detroit. I'm wondering if in the secondary now playing along with this defense, whoever ends up starting, but let's say it's Burns, a guy that just hasn't had a lot of success being that former first-round pick, Maybe you tag him alongside knowing that Eddie Jackson's on the back end. And if Deion Bush gets a starting job, there's already chemistry there. Maybe a guy could have success in Chicago's defense. We've seen other guys come in and kind of do that. But that would be interesting. It's going to be interesting how it all plays out. But I think out of all these former first-round picks, for some reason, I'm thinking Burns maybe could uh, be somebody that the Bears can rely on. But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it's a good point, too, because you know it all goes back to Robert Quinn also, because if, if those guys are getting the job done, you know, quarterbacks are getting rid of the ball sooner. Um, you look at, you bring back Dan Trevathan and Roquan Smith, um, and you look at what those guys can do, do for you in the middle of the field. So, yeah, it can make things easier for a lot of guys in that defense. And, you know, I, I think that we saw with HaHa Clinton Dixit last year that being a part of this defense is, uh, you know, it's alluring to some guys, too. And they, you know, probably Robert Quinn, the money was great, but getting to play opposite Cleo Mack and next to Akeem Hicks was huge. And for if anybody in the secondary is like, hey, that's my pass rush, that's great. I got a Jackson behind me, fantastic. So, um, and that might also be part of the way the Bears are allocating resources, that they're just trying to kind of find some of these lower end guys, thinking that they don't necessarily need a star, that someone could become a star or at least become a, a very serviceable contributor because of everybody else around them. Excellent point there, Kevin. Transitioning over to safety and Jordan Lucas. Lucas is coming to Chicago after two years in Kansas City. Only four starts there, and he was known in KC for being more of a core special teamer. Uh, over that time, he had the six most special team snaps uh, compared to just only, I think, 41 snaps on defense. Now, personally, I'll take a guy that Dave Tobe trusts any day of the week, but Real quick, Kevin, on Lucas, is he anything more than a special team signing? Maybe, you know, and that's kind of the, the beauty of having that spot open right now next to Eddie Jackson, that you have these options. Um, and it's a great point. I hadn't thought about that with Dave Tobe um, and that connection there. And the, guy, the guy's a winner. He's been on two teams, you know, or the last two years. He's been a part of winning teams. He knows what it takes. Uh, you know, anybody you put next to Eddie Jackson, their job might be a little easier. And especially someone who's got to go in the box, you're working with Trevathan and Roquan Smith. So, again, these things kind of all work together. Um, 
with, with Jordan Lucas, Deion Bush, uh, Kentrell Bryce is one that I keep forgetting is on the team. Bear signed to a futures contract for Packers safety. Um, I'd like to see them uh, draft a guy there too. Um, you got options. And special teams is so important. You, you think about the guys they lost. You know, Nick Krakowski was a key special teams player for them. Kevin Pierre-Lewis, very good on special teams. So, you know, that's an important, obviously an important part of the game. So the idea that you have with Bush and Lucas that one of those guys might start and the other one will be really important for your special teams unit, you know, that, that puts you in, in a decent situation. You know, I, I never thought the Bears were going to be involved in the market for Avon Bell or Tony Jefferson. I guess Jefferson's still available. Maybe that price comes down. He's coming off an injury. Um, I know that they, you know they there were there were talks of hot clinics. I just didn't see that happening. I just figured that the route they're going to go is what we've seen. Now there's still time for them to bring in another veteran on a, on a pretty reasonable deal. Um, but just kind of always, I just always assume once they gave Eddie Jackson that cash, that that meant they were going to. That's one position they're going to say, hey, we're spending here, here, and here. We can save money here. Yeah, I think just at the safety position opposite of Eddie Jackson, you just need someone that is consistent. I, I think of Adrian Amos being a guy that that's exactly what the Bears would want, ideally. Whoever is that starting safety, let's say it's Deion Bush, that's exactly what they would want. Someone that's maybe not making the big playmaking, you know, interceptions, things like that, consistency. And I think if the Bears can at least get that opposite of Eddie Jackson, they'll be in a good spot. I like how you're pushing your own agenda, Nick. Let's say it's just Deion Bush. I know what you want. Yeah, it, I think I I think he's the front runner right now. It just makes sense. He didn't have a lot of opportunities, obviously, with um, the safety they've had back there. But he should be the front runner for now. We'll see I how like that the changes. Idea of, yeah, I was I like the idea of you know if D, whoever starts camp or OTAs, whatever they get in as a starter, you know what benefit they get. You know, remember you're working with Chuck Pagano, who's a safeties guy, um, so you're getting great coaching. You're working with Eddie Jackson. Um, you know, Bush has a little experience. So, you know, I, I would like the idea of him being the guy from day one. And then maybe that just gives him all that confidence. He's able to go right in as opposed to the last couple of years. He's obviously just been a kind of in case of emergency guy. Mm-hmm. And it helps Ryan Pace when you have a draft pick that you had years ago, stick around and turning out to be a starter. I mean, you look at Nick Kukowski last year and what he was able to turn it into. If Deion Bush had a similar kind of outburst this year in a one-year deal, he can end up turning that into a payday as well. Yeah, he could, or a compensatory pick. You know, that's just kind of the yeah. situation that they could find themselves in. And that's one of the things, too, when you look at the secondary, you look at that corner and safety spot, the reason we're in this Kevin Tolliver, Artie Burns, Trey Roberson conversation is they haven't drafted or developed any corners. They just didn't have anybody kind of in the pipeline. Now, it could be Kevin Tolliver. I'm not ruling him out of this conversation. He certainly is physically gifted enough to play that spot. Um, but safety, you do have Deion Bush. You drafted him. You've developed him. He's had plenty of experience. Um, that would be the goal for a franchise to say, hey, we, we've given this. Now this, this is finally his chance, and, and he took it and he ran with it. So, um, but, we'll, you know, because you look at other spots around the roster, like that's what's been a problem for this team is where can you draft and develop guys? And when you don't, then you're kind of you're, – you're, you're, Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. 
it's a scrap heap situation. We're just hoping somebody works out. Absolutely. Speaking of hoping people work out, let's look at Barkevius Mingo here, 2013 sixth overall pick. And when it comes to Mingo, one thing that really kind of just stands out to me is all that raw talent that he has. I mean, he's seen it throughout his career, and that's why he was a top 10 pick. But what he's lacked is an impact. And perhaps that's what happens after four years in Cleveland. Uh, he just hasn't had found a home. The Bears will be the fifth team in as many years for him. Mingo, he can be used that both as an edge player. He's been used as a linebacker. So, Kevin, for you, where do you see Mingo fitting on this team? He's an interesting chess piece for Pagano, and the two did kind of share a year in Indy back in 2017. Yeah, and, and this outside linebacker spot, to go back to the last point, you didn't draft and develop anybody here. You got nobody in the pipeline. You had to bring somebody in. You remember Kylie Fitz? Remember that <laughs> you know, brief, exactly that brief yep. preseason. You know the Hall of Fame game. He was great. You know, and, and didn't didn't turn into anything. So, and they haven't drafted there. Uh, so, and that you know they have James Waters. They've had other guys come through. Isaiah Irving, who's coming back, uh, but no one no one that made you feel really great about the number three spot. So I like the idea of someone like Mingo, who you said he's got first round talent, the way he's built his athleticism. He's been a great special teams player over the years. He's played for Pagano. He's played for Chris Tabor. Um, and you know, you're not asking a ton out of him. You know, you're asking when you're the number three guy between behind Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack, you don't necessarily have to do a lot. Just don't jump off sides every other snap. Like last year, <laughs> you know, so I, I think it's just, you know, I, I, I didn't know what their route. I didn't think they were going to sign anybody to number three spot. I thought that might just be rookie or draft or so. I, I think the fact that they brought in someone like him, who's got a lot of experience and can help you on special teams. We mentioned, you got to replace Pierre Lewis. You got to replace Kwiatkowski. I thought, I thought it made a lot of sense. And just speaking like in general, all these um, acquisitions and, there's just been a lot of competition that's been being talked about from Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, and I get that competition can be good, Kevin, but is there can there be too much essentially? I mean, you ideally you wouldn't want competition at your quarterback spot, but that's what's happening now. And there's competition at the cornerback. You maybe your backup uh, outside linebacker Isaiah Irving Mingo, they may not have a big of an impact, but do you believe that too much competition can be just maybe the opposite of what Ryan Pace wants to see. It brings out the best in everybody. Could it maybe create rifts in a team if you just have too much competition at too many spots on a team? Yeah, you know, as you said, you don't want to have a quarterback competition. You don't want to have – you really don't want – you don't really want competitions for any of your starting spots. Yeah. You, you would like to just roll – like, look, last offseason there were no – we knew all the starters. You know, everything was set. And there weren't any competition. Now, obviously, the team ended up not being very good, um, but there were a lot of reasons for that. But you, you like, you know, it gave you now maybe their spin this year is going to be, well, now we do have competition and we should have had it last year. And, you know, we're going to do these different things. But when you look at when they're going to say, hey, we're really excited about this competition at cornerback, well, I look at that as, well, you got an undrafted guy, you've got a CFL player who's never played in the NFL, and you got a former first round pick that fell out of favor. Like I'm not, I don't think they should be excited that those are their three options, um, you know. But I, I get the idea that, that the competition allows them to fairly pick the best guy because you know you're gonna see okay, and it forces them to really truly evaluate these guys, you know, because nobody's gonna step in and say that's my job. You actually have to watch these guys play. Nothing's given, um, so that's a good. So it, it goes, it kind of goes both ways, and 
when they say there's competition everywhere, I think they are kind of defending the way that they watch the team because they want you to know that they are giving everybody a shot. But in reality, we know who a lot of these starters are. Um, so, yeah, you, 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 I, I think ideally you want a lot of competition for your backup spots. And if a starter is in a is about to lose his job, that means he is not playing the caliber you're hoping for. Now, sometimes that can work out if your backup ends up being really good, but that, that just doesn't happen very much in the NFL. Now, it took longer than most expected, but the Bears brought in an offensive lineman, uh, Jermaine Ifedi, 2016 31st overall pick. And when he was drafted in Seattle, it was as a raw talent. He has a ton of physical upside, and fast forward four years, he's still in need of the work of his technique, but he does possess all the physical gifts that you can hope for. Uh, he hasn't played guard full-time since his rookie season, and in Seattle, he did play better when he was asked to play tackle. A lot of experience, 60 games started in four years, so Kevin, where do you see him fitting on this offensive line? Is he here to compete at guard solely, or do you envision a scenario where he can play tackle in Chicago? Yeah, you know, he's an interesting one, and I, as we talked earlier, I think someone like him, get him out of Seattle. You know, that, that was obviously... Um, I don't think any player in Seattle got more flack than he did over the past few years. Talking to talking to Seahawks people, uh, you know, talking to our Seattle writer, um, you know, Mike Sean Duggar, he was saying, he goes, you know, this guy has talent, especially run blocking, which makes me think that he might be best suited to play guard. Um, but he hasn't played there consistently enough over the years. So I think the way it looks, it could be again speculating here. It could be this: he comes in, competes at right guard. And if he doesn't win that job, he becomes your kind of ultimate backup where he can step in at tackle, he mm -hmm. can step in at guard. And then, you know, maybe he, they buy Massey, something happens and, and a Fetty steps in for him and then looks great. And then he's your right tackle of the future. Or maybe he wins the right guard spot from the get go and, and thrives at right guard. Um, you know, he, I think like, you know, at the worst, the guy is just going to be a solid backup for you who, when he goes in the game, He's not going to be scared because he's played at a really high level. He's played in playoff games before. Um, so to me, it makes a lot of sense. You know, I'm not going to get hung up on like how good he actually is the player because right now he was not signed necessarily to immediately start unless they come up and say, Hey, that's our starting right guard. And if they do, you know, that'd be a little different Then you're like, okay, that, that'd be, that would confuse me a bit. But I, I think for now, for what he seems to be, which is, right now competing for jobs need to be a backup. I think it makes a lot of sense. What do you think the impact could be with a Juan Castillo coaching him up? Because obviously Castillo is a good motivator and perhaps it would be exactly what, you know, if looking for and what he may need. Yeah. You know, talking to people who play for Juan Castillo, you know, he, he doesn't screw around. Um, I say that acknowledging that most offensive line coaches are like that. I'm sure people <laughs> said the same thing about Harry. He uh, so I do couch that a little bit, but you know, Juan Castillo has been in the league for a long time. Um, you know, he players respond to him in different ways, and, and you're, you're right. Some a coach with his coaching style might be perfect for what he needs. Just, just somebody. But I, I do think it really comes down to change of scenery, just a different offense, different coaches, different city. It, it could be that simple as what helps this guy reclaim what Seattle saw in him when they drafted him. You know, um, I think the, a player that maybe people are forgetting about because of Jermaine Fetty signing, a guy like Alex Bars obviously came back because he wanted to work with He Stan no longer here. Is that a guy that maybe could be in contention for that for that right guard spot? I think ultimately you look at those two second round picks. 
you would think one of them might be at that position, a guard, but just what are your thoughts on maybe Alex Bars and what he can have uh, or the impact he could possibly have on this team? Yeah, you know, Alex Bars is a curious case because, you know, he didn't play last year. Everybody was pining for him. The offensive line coach was his guy. They never played. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that that's an immediate, I don't want to say a red flag, but you're kind of, well, what's going on here? You know, how good is he? I think he, you know, certainly could be a good player. Maybe all of that was just, it just needed to ease him into the NFL, ease him in back from those injuries he had in college. I'm not sure. My number one question for Juan Castillo, though, and Brian Pace, is Alex Barr's a guard or tackle? Because it's possible, again, we don't know this, but they've said to him, hey, you're our tackle now. We want you to work a tackle. When you come into the building, you're going to be backing up Bobby Massey at right tackle. You're also going to take some reps at left tackle, and maybe they're developing him to be the tackle of the future. Um, I don't know that. I'm just saying, like, I, I, you know, he played it a little bit at the end of the preseason, and there was kind of some excitement of what he could do. Uh, but we also got, remember, they did cut him at the end of the preseason. Yeah. So, and then to their credit, Cornelius Lucas ended up having, doing a really nice job when he had to step in. Everyone couldn't believe that. That was the, that was the choice. And Lucas ended up being a nice player and got a, a good deal in Washington. So I don't know if Bars is a guard or tackle. I think he's obviously going to be in the conversation at both positions. Um, you got Rashad Coward there. who Rashad Coward drew a lot of ire from fans. And I just always feel the need to point out the guy was a defensive lineman, moved to right tackle, not right guard, moved to right tackle, where he took every rep for a year and a half, and then suddenly mid-game has to go play right guard. So, <laughs> or mid-season. So, like, I, I understand that he was not maybe maybe didn't play like a lot of people were hoping for, but I don't know how people were like that. Like, I thought for when you consider all that. And the guys he played against, I thought he did just fine for that role. I mean, he was a defensive lineman, right tackle, and then had to play guard. So, that, you know, and, and now he, if that's his position, he knows he's a guard. Maybe he comes back and looks a lot better, getting able to work at that. Um, and then there's another guy in Corey Levin, who they claimed off waivers late last year uh, from Denver. That guy played 16 games for Tennessee a couple of years ago. So they have options to guard. And I know I'm rambling here, but I know Bears fans love the right guard spot, so I think it's okay. Um, but, Nick, you mentioned the draft. I've been playing with all these mock draft machines, and uh, Johns and I actually have a Bears mock draft coming out on Sunday. And there aren't a whole lot of clear-cut guys that rank in that 40 to 60 range at guard. A lot of the really good ones seem to be third-round guys, and I wonder if that's your trade-back option where you mm. trade back one of those picks and take a guard in the third round. Now, again, I don't know Ryan Pace's board. If he takes a guard in the second round, other boards might say it's a reach, but I'm going off what I can see right now. And a lot of these people aren't putting any guards really clearly in that round two range. Um, so I, I, I wonder if that limits what they can do in terms of drafting a guy there. Yeah, very true. Um, Kevin, just one last question. Just what are your overall thoughts about the Bears acquiring all these former first-round picks? We saw maybe last year, two years ago, the double-dipping at certain positions. But now he's just dipping into all the former first-round picks, maybe because Ryan Pace can't keep any of his own. But just what are your thoughts on these acquisitions that the Bears have made? 
Yeah, I mean, we could be seeing a trend in terms of, you know, to be a first-round pick, you have to come out of college with a certain athletic skill set. Like, you've got to be able to have shown in college you can do something. So, you know, we've known Ryan Pace, if you if you look at his draft picks, a lot of these guys have these very impressive athletic profiles. You know, size, strength, speed, things like that. So there, there could be, um, obviously, some affinity for some of those guys, just their numbers just their testing numbers, the way they look, you know, the way they look on tape, the way they look in practice, things like that. And, and I think, you know, it goes back to this change of scenery idea, you know, finding guys for a, a discount and hoping that a new uniform, a new coach, a new city, you know, if you find, if you can do that financially, that's great. That's the dream. Um, so I, you know, I guess it's, it's a question of, would you rather have, you know, an Artie Burns, versus maybe somebody who's been played better but is like a mid or late round guy so you're not really sure athletically how good he really is did he maybe have a fluke year or whatnot so you know I'm, i don't i don't want to read too much into it you know because i think they would tell you it's not a trend it just happened to be the guys they wanted but i do think if you want to look into it I, I, there are probably some athletic profiles there that ryan pace and scotty and steph liked when these guys came out of college they still have their notes on them and, you know, I've talked to scouts before, and a lot of times scouting reports from college don't change very much. Like, they're still accurate. It's just a lot of times it's just that does it translate to the NFL game. And for some guys it does, for some guys it doesn't. And for a couple of these guys it hasn't, and maybe Ryan Pace thinks there's still a chance it could. Now I have a handful of quick hit questions for both you, Kevin. I'm going to let Nick participate as well. So Kevin, since you're a guest, I'll let you go first. Here I'm not looking for, uh, and I love your rambles, by the way, Kevin. I want to pre uh, preface this, but just some quick hit answers real quick for you. So just a couple of words here. So out of all the moves that the Bears have made, which one's your favorite? Robert Quinn. I, you got to get you got to get to the quarterback, and he's a clear upgrade over what you had. So I will go with that. And also, as you said earlier. I don't really care how much money they're spending. <laughs> how about you, Nick? I have, yeah, I have to agree there. You just have a immediate upgrade at somebody that's going to be able to get to the to, to the quarterback, and that's something that Leonard Floyd just couldn't do. Now, I know we didn't talk about the re-signings that the Bears made as well. I know Tyler Alday Bray, as Kevin says on Twitter, is back. But Kevin, out of all the moves the Bears made, whether it be a re-signing or a free agent acquisition, uh, which one do you believe is going to be underrated that right now Bears fans aren't high on but may end up paying dividends down the road? That's a good question. Um, you know what? I'll go with Jermaine Effetti. We have no idea, right? I think that guy might have the highest ceiling in terms of how personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. If he can actually step in and be your starting right guard, if he could be your right tackle of the future after Bobby Massey, I don't know. But he started a lot of games. He's a first-round pick. There's something there. Um, so I, I think that has the most potential. It's a, it's a kind of a bit of a boomer bust, but you get that one-year deal. Absolutely. How about you, Nick? 
I'll go with, uh, again, Artie Burns. I mentioned it earlier. Again, a change of scenery, something that we've been talking about a lot here on this podcast. But when you have guys that can get after the quarterback, that makes your job as a defensive back a lot easier. So I'll go with him. Kevin, don't kill me for this next question, but is Nick Foles the week one starter? <laughs> um, maybe. <but> that <laughs> That's an answer. It's not a direct answer, but it's an yeah. answer. I'll go. Yeah, I'll I'll save myself from being old takes exposed and go with maybe. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let Nick take a stand on that. <laughs> Come on, Nick, take uh, a stand. So, I mean, I've said that I think it would be the best option, especially with this win-now mode that the Bears are in. He is your best option, especially with the, how the coronavirus is affecting probably teams being able to meet and practice, all that stuff that you don't really account for. I would say yes, but I wouldn't be surprised if Mitch is starting week one. So, yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, God, you guys are killing me. All right. Kevin, uh, if you can put a letter grade to the Bears for agency class so far, I know it's incomplete, but as it stands today, what would it be? Uh, I'll go B. It's a B. It's fine. You, you, you filled needs. You got the quarterback. You got the pass rusher, the tight end. You don't know. A lot of unknown one-year guys. Um, but not, not bad. I'll go with a B. Nick? I'll go B minus. They, I think the Bears did get better at where they look to address some of those bigger needs, and I think that's what you kind of want out of free agency. It's always a, you know, you're going into murky waters there, but I think a B minus would be a good grade. Kevin, is there anyone out there still in the ocean that right? You wouldn't be surprised if Ryan Pace reeled in. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of who's left. I. I I know Demarcus Robinson's still available, I believe. Chiefs wide receiver. I'm not I don't want to necessarily I know I just said his name, but somebody like that. I, I, okay. I wonder if there's still on if there's still room for a speed receiver you can bring in on a one year deal. Yeah, I'm still missing Marvin Hall too. Uh thanks for the reminder there, Kevin. Nick, how about you? Anyone? I'm trying to think right now. Who is it? Uh Jefferson, um the safety that yeah, Tony Jefferson. That might be a name. Again, there's no solidified starter at that safety even though i think it should be bush but tony jefferson could be a name that possibly the bears look at kevin what's going to be your early favorite training camp battle that you're already looking forward to uh, i'm well i mean i hope kicker not nothing against eddie pinheiro but i just love a good kicker battle i love a punter battle i love a long snapper battle um of those positions they're most likely to bring in a kicker so i will say hopefully a kicker battle just for pure entertainment reasons. But if you want me to be a little bit more serious, <laughs> I, I have to say quarterback. I mean, that's just, it, we haven't had a quarter, a true quarterback battle in a few years. So that'll be fun to watch. Yeah. Since Rex and Kyle, it's been some time here in Chicago. How about you, Nick? Uh, anything other than quarterback? I'm looking at the, the cornerback spot, Roberson, uh, Burns, and then Tolliver. I think that's going to be a fun one to watch. But, yeah, at Bourbon A, everyone loved it when Pinheiro and, what was it, Fry would go out to kick. I mean, that was, uh, was a good time for sure. Yeah, Kevin was in heaven uh, last year with that kicking batter, especially, I'm sure, during OTAs <laughs> when they had everybody in Hallis Hall. One more for me, Kevin, and this is a simple, uh, simple question, perhaps complicated answer, but depends on how you want to take it. Are the Bears better since the new league year began? Yes, I think they are. Not by a lot, but 
Yeah, they upgraded the number two quarterback. They upgraded their outside linebacker. Corner and safety are still question marks. Tight end is a who knows. But I do think as a whole, this team is better. That doesn't mean they're going to be better next year. But I do think right now on paper, they're a better team. Yeah, that three-second pause he had before you answered really instilled a ton of confidence in me. Uh, so really excited about that one. But how about you, Nick? Do you believe the Bears are better? I think you said this three answers ago. I believe I did. It may have been two. But, yes, I do believe they are better. Again, they, they made the necessary upgrades at the positions that I think will have the biggest impact on the team come down the road in this 2020 season. But I would say so. Now, I know that's all I have, Nick. I believe you have a couple of non-football questions for Kevin, and I know he needs to be heading out here soon. So being respectful of his time, what do you want to ask? Yeah, uh, Kevin, obviously with a lot of this downtime that we have being locked inside our own homes, uh, what are you currently watching uh, on Netflix or any shows that you're currently streaming right now that you want to share with us? Um, Okay, so I am a great husband, and I'm – say that when i tell you the shows that <laughs> we we did my, we watched love is blind a couple weeks ago the first yes. weekend of quarantine very entertaining show on netflix mm-hmm. um and uh you know so we're my wife and i are into the reality shows i will say top chef started last week so we're big into top chef uh so that's been good we we actually we do need a new show to binge so we're going to start Shit's creek for that's heard good things about that show um but, you know, we just aren't the type of people who get into those shows that you need to think a whole lot. <laughs> so, like, we don't watch Game of Thrones. We don't watch Breaking Bad or House of Cards. I know all those shows are great. I'm sure I would love them all. But for my our household, TV time, I like to turn off the brain, watch some mindless reality television. Totally cool with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you're looking for one, I just watched the first episode yesterday with my girlfriend, Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. That is like trending right now. And the first episode, I was like, what is going on here? But I think you would enjoy that. Um, and then, if is this correct? Have you not? Have you watched the Marvel movies? Yes, or like most of them, or I have not watched any of. I've seen Iron Man. Okay, and I think all right. I've seen Iron. Yeah. So no, I know. I know that. That's on my summer to-do list. Uh, my sister's a big Marvel fan, so she sent me the orders of different ways I can watch. And I know Hogue's been doing it. Yep. Um, Adam Hogue's been doing it. So that is on my uh, – once we once it officially becomes clear that there's no OTAs in minicamp, then my May and June really open up. So that might be uh, you know kind of a Marvel summer. Yeah, it, it's, it will be a fantastic summer, I'm telling you right now, Kevin. Will actually – I know you need to actually watch them as well. Is that correct? <laughs> Why are you putting me in a spot? Yeah, uh, I'm in the same boat I, I as mean, Kevin. I've watched Iron Man. I think I've watched the Avengers. I fell asleep during Captain America. I can keep going, but you're not going to like the answers, Nick. Yeah, I know. I'm already scratching <laughs> my head you. here. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's all I got. I just kind of wanted to see what you were doing with your downtime. I know it's obviously an adjustment period for everybody. I think the biggest one for me is just like being able to get out of the house and like physically exercise at a gym. I I miss that so much right now. Same. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's tough. I said, it's been a lot of long walks. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no doubt about it. Kevin, I want to thank you again for taking the time to hop on the show. A lot of fun getting to talk Bears football with you, and I hope we can do it again someday down the road. And while I have you, I want to thank you again for your hospitality, your kindness, and your professionalism with Nick and I in Indianapolis. It was a lot of fun uh, getting to work alongside all of you guys on the beat. Yeah, I was glad that you guys got to be there and uh, see how not serious we all are about uh, some of the fun things we do. You know, we're very fortunate to have these jobs. And yeah, this was a blast. Thanks again for having me on. Absolutely. Remember, head on over to chicagoaudible.com slash athletic. They'll redirect you to The Athletic to receive the best coverage out there so that way you can subscribe. And speaking of subscribe and reviews, make sure to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. I believe we're only Peanut Tillman 33 away from our goal of 600 reviews by training camp. Shout out to Bloom C93 and Kiss the Big Man for leaving your reviews over the past week. Nick and I will be back soon with another episode. As always, if any major news breaks, we'll expect to hear from us soon thereafter. But until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and as always, bear down, Chicago. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.